Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. And John Helmkamp, thank you very much. And John Helmkamp, of course. Okada, where is the drop that includes John Uh, Helmkamp? Come on, listen. We uh, we have reached out to the uh, talents responsible for said recording, and uh, we'll be getting it shortly. Sure, cool. Works for me. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, it is Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. And some dude with a beard uh, on the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, John is officially part of the trio here, part of the team. Uh, we'll be in the drop shortly, John. So apologies for that. Uh, welcome in, friends, listeners, uh, fantasy football enthusiasts. We are the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. And I'm going to warn everyone already right off the bat. Um, it has been an hour since we hopped on the mics. And we just now started recording because yes. I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. Uh, Okada likes to give me a hard time, and John likes to just laugh at the you know idiocracy between the two of us. Uh, it's going to be a fun year for Retro's Fantasy Football, <laughs> and I'm really happy that everyone is going to be a part of it, listening to the shows, checking out the website, etc. But before we get into the content for tonight's show, John, how's it going, dude? Dude, I am here and having a great time, so I'm ready. Let's go. Absolutely. Okada, how's your day been? Um, it went faster than normal for a non-show day, so that was nice. And uh, Drew Brees is not going to retire, which I had spent hey. many, many hours pre- preparing a retirement packet in case of that happening. So that's you know, thanks, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're gonna get into that soon when we get into the news. Before we do that, spoiler I just want to remind. Alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Uh, everyone that you can. Find us anywhere that you are on social media. We are there. Of course, we are live streaming this show. If you want to see our beautiful faces, you can head on over to Periscope on Twitter or on Facebook Live. We are there. All shows are available for replay on YouTube afterwards. And of course, if you're listening to this in your podcast app, you know that we're there. But you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. You name it, we are there. And we are on social media at RedshirtsFFPod. All right, fellas, we have a jam-packed show to get into tonight. We are talking free agency, which is just around the corner. Uh, We are coming to the end of February, and at the start of March, I mean, that's all we're going to talk about is free agency. So tonight, we're bringing you the top names uh, in this free agency class at each position. We'll talk about maybe our favorite destinations for these guys, uh, the best fit, etc., and we'll kind of break it down. But before we do, Okada, go ahead and hit that news drop. I got great news, guys. Oh, Oh, that's good news. First up in the news segment today, Drew Brees, back for another season. He posted today on social media. He's returning for 2020 with the Saints. This is exciting, of course, because the Saints are a good team. They're a good offense. And of course, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. But let's break it down from the other skill positions there. I mean, we were looking at a scenario where it could have been uh, Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, or potentially Taysom Hill. Now that Drew Brees is back for one more year, let's talk about it from a redraft perspective. Alvin Kamara, a bit of a down year last year, you would say, compared to his standards. With Drew Brees back in the lineup, Okada, is he right back into, let's say, top four running back ranks for you at the start of 2020? Top four is going to be tight. Um, I'm going to try not to be too recency biased, but there are honestly a lot of top tier running backs, I feel like, after last year that could 
challenge that range. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where Kamara falls for me. Right now, I would say he's just outside that range. I don't, and I and certainly don't think he's in the tier that he was coming into last last season. I think this last year kind of put a damper on that. But that all that being said, the main thing that that changed for Kamara was touchdowns, and those are somewhat fluky, possibly willing or able to bounce back um, pretty quickly across the league in general. So for Kamara, I could see it bouncing back as well. Yeah, he's not a lock for me, but he's yeah. out there. John, I'll kick it over to you. Let's talk about Michael Thomas. Now, Yeah, if Taysom Hill was the quarterback, I would have legitimate concerns just about the fact that we may not see consistency with Michael Thomas the way we're used to. But with Drew Brees back in the lineup, I mean, is there any way Michael Thomas is not going to be ranked as your wide receiver one for this season? No, um, he's absolutely my wide receiver one, both in redraft and in dynasty, even with the long-term outlook being a little bit shakier in the quarterback position down there. I, I still have him above the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, who's kind of a consensus wide receiver too. Um, with Breeze back, um, listen, he's he's getting older. His arm talent might be starting to diminish a little bit, but his mind is not. And he is an incredible student of the game, knows the game, is incredibly intelligent, sets up defenses incredibly well. Um, he's more than capable of still delivering. Um, I mean, geez, his completion percentage went up for like four years in a row or something insane like that. So um, I think that especially with Breeze back in the fold, uh, Michael Thomas, Thomas is my wide receiver one uh, easily in redraft, still holding on to wide receiver one value in, in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. And if you guys yeah. want to check out our Dynasty rankings, they are live on the site. The three of us did just record a podcast uh, last episode. I got bullied into moving DK Metcalf up my ranks. So if you want to check yeah, that out, feel free to listen. How high? Uh, 25. Three? That's it? We want Boo. more. Okay, live update up to 24. <laughs> cool. All right. But in all seriousness, um, Michael Thomas at the top of our dynasty ranks for obvious reasons. And it's good to see Drew Brees back with the Saints. Next piece of news here has to do with the NFL draft. And of course, the NFL combine right around the corner. And it's basically that Joe Burrow now has some leverage in regards to uh, what's happening, yeah, air quotes, leverage in, in regards to what's happening here with the NFL draft. So, um, John, I'll kick it over to you. You're the one that yeah. kind of made the show doc tonight, and, and you put that on there. So go ahead and break that down for us. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. And one thing that I think that um, NFL Network did a really good job of, and I'm sure Okada was the oh, NFL spearhead behind all of this, but I was watching uh, some, you know, NFL uh, Network today, NFL Live, stuff like that. They were kind of talking about this. Um, Garofalo was on there and gave them really good kudos for pointing out the fact that he was responding to a question that had that word in it, which okay. I liked. I'll let you... I'll, so hold on. I, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I liked that, that this was not an out-of-nowhere, you know... Hey, how do you feel about going to the Bengals? And he goes, well, I've got some leverage to decide to do what I want to do. That wasn't what happened. It was kind of posed to him, like, do you have any leverage in the situation for where you may or may not be going? And and he kind of backtracked it and said, like, yeah, I kind of do. I have leverage. 
I'm going to go through my process. The Bengals are going to go through theirs. The two have not communicated yet. There haven't been any interviews. All that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks uh, with the combine and stuff like that. So I think if you're a Bengals fan, you might want to hear him be like, I'm super excited to be the number one overall pick. And yes, I'm so stoked to be the future franchise quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, He wasn't quite doing that, um, but he also wasn't just putting a complete downer on going to Cincinnati and saying, I refuse to go to any of the teams that are top five in the draft. And I'm going to go, you know, only to Indianapolis or whatever the case might be. So, um, I think it's, you know, not as scorching hot as some people might make it out to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Okada, feel free to jump in if you want to, but this is not news. Like he's going to the Bengals. It's happening. It's a done deal. Don't even bother working out for them. Don't even bother, talking about trading out of that pick. They need a quarterback. He's at the top of the class as of now, of course, and there's no way he's not going there. So, Okada, anything to add? I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of it. Um, Not really. There, I mean, listen, if they have the pick, it's almost, I mean, it's 99.9% Burrow. The one way they maybe don't pick Burrow is if they trade sure that not. pick, yep. uh, which... I wouldn't hate for them because their entire team sucks. Yep. So if they could get three first round picks, Miami, in in, mm, uh, it might be the right move. Now, if that is the right move, I'm sure they will make it because they have the worst run organization in all of football. Uh, yeah. But I guess uh, the Browns aren't great either. Yeah, Washington. Okay, Washington's yeah. pretty bad too. Yeah. There's just a few bad ones. There's a, few. There's a lot um, of bad ones. Yeah. None of our three, I'll tell you that much right now. True. Uh, but the um, whether or not Burrow has any say in that is pretty, eh. I don't think it really is too much of a story. Um, I will say, this is what I, I, I was pointing out when you started talking about the coverage, because it was really funny. Uh, one of our researchers, his name is Garrett. He, it wasn't me, because I don't, I don't do that show, which was NFL Now. Uh, that uh, The... The the story was coming out. He happened to know and have the phone numbers of the reporters who had interviewed Burrow and were breaking this story. Wow. And he called them early in the morning, asked what the question was because no one had that, got that answer, and then fed it to Mike G, who then said it on television. So, now it wasn't me, but the research department is doing their due work. Yeah, big kudos to the research department. That's pretty sweet. Go, Garrett, go. Yeah, Garrett. Shout out to Garrett. New friend of the show. <laughs> new friend. Uh, next piece of news here on the dock, and then we'll get into free agency, is we have a new signing, and this kind of goes right into free agency, essentially. Greg Olson signing a one-year deal worth $7 million to be the tight end for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. John, this is your team. Let's, Let's chat go. about it. What are your thoughts? Um, I like this a lot more for reality than I like for fantasy. Um, I think that him coming in, veteran presence in that room with some very young uh, tight ends uh, coming back, I think is a really great signing. Kind of gives a security blanket to Russell Wilson. Um, Wilson loves his tight ends. Um, This last year, the injuries at the position. um, Big Montana uh, just can't seem to stay mm. healthy, um, which is a shame because Will Disley. Will Disley, when he is on the field, he looks great, um, but he just can't stay on the field. So I, I like the signing. Uh, one year, I think it was like four point five mil guaranteed. I think is what the contract was with some yep. other bonuses in there. 
Um, yeah, up to seven million. Up to seven, yeah. Um, but I like that signing a lot for reality purposes. For for fantasy, I don't know. He's what is he? Thirty five, uh, coming off a couple injury plague seasons. Um, I think he's thirty five. Um, I want to say thirty four, but I will find out and confirm. Yeah, please do. Um, for fantasy. I don't know. I saw some buzzer on Twitter that was like, he's a lock for tight end one because he's going with Russell Wilson. He's, you know, I think that there's a safe bet because there is a little bit of a lack of depth of the position. He might return tight end one tight end one value, but the back half of tight end one doesn't really give you an advantage. You, you want one of the top five or six guys or you're going to wait super late, and if you're picking him up in the 12th round of your draft, sure, okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. But um, I like it a lot more for reality purposes than I do for, for fantasy. Uh, first of all, I will say 21 days from turning 35, so I ah, feel like we're both close. right. Um, uh, secondly, I think I, the, the last thing you kind of said is the really key point, and, it, and it, what, it re, what it means for me is that I'm not going to be drafting Greg Olson, yeah. which is that... He has a name value of a top six tight end that your typical drafter is going to see and say, hey, I know Greg Olson. He's been a great tight end for years, thousand yard seasons all over the place. And they're going to draft him before several other guys Mm -hmm. that will get drafted in the 10 to 15 range that honestly have a lot more fantasy value and upside probably. Um, So it it makes him almost a non-draft for me. He'll, I'm sure he'll be okay. He'll have some good production here and there. Sure. Uh, I will say the most interesting thing to me for this bets, and I'll throw it to you because reasons is the injury situation. What do you expect from him percentage wise heading into this season? From Greg Olson? Yeah. Yeah, he's entering the offseason healthy, um, which is different than in previous seasons. Most recently, obviously, the history of the foot concerns, and I said it all last year in the offseason. The plantar fascia injury that he had, it's actually very different than other injuries where a complete rupture actually helps with pain and helps with soreness. And, you know, you can rehab it effectively. Whereas there's another injury that we're going to talk about with Will Disley in a second. And let's just throw it in now. When you rupture your Achilles and the year before your patellar tendon, two of the hardest injuries to come back for a player of a skill position, um, you know, cutting, jumping, all that kind of stuff it's virtually zapped all your power. So this to me is a signing that says, Will Disley is not going to be himself this season. Yep. I think Greg Olson steps right in. And I saw a beat reporter talking about um, how they still have plans for Jacob Hollister, who's a restricted free agent. So I think it's, you know, this year it's Greg Olson, then it's Hollister, and then Will Disley, unfortunately, because of injury, is kind of the odd man out. Now, I will say I still like Disley's talent. Like, I still think he's a very good player, but... Yeah, two major injuries now at this point in his career. Like it's it's hard to see a scenario where he really does get back to full strength. But for Greg Olson, I think he'll be okay for this season. I think he'll be able to to accurately stay on the field and be productive when he is. But like John was saying, you know, this is probably better for NFL because it's a run first offense. He doesn't need to be a player that catches the ball ninety times a year like he was doing for the Panthers. So that's kind of where I'm at with Greg Olson and his health. Yeah, Okada, let me ask you a quick question. Would you rather have Greg Olson in redraft, Greg Olson or Mike Gusecki? Ooh, that is a good question. That's uh, easy for me. If you ask me at their draft price, it's not even close because Gusecki's going to get drafted 
eight to ten eight to spots 10. after Olsen, probably. So that's an easy Gasicki for me. If you just say straight up, I'm honestly probably still going Gasicki because I think he has upside that Olsen can't touch. Cool. Yeah. Works for me. For sure. I want a tight end who can, you know, catch the ball and run 60 yards with it and make a play versus catch it, run three yards and get tackled. That's kind of where I'm at yeah. with those two. But, yeah, it'll be intriguing to see how they use him. And, obviously, this is beneficial for the offense and for Russell Wilson as a whole. Yep. All right, fellas, we are going to get into free agency preview. Now, there are several names on this list, 25 names between restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents that are probably going to be fantasy relevant. Now, of course, some are going to be more more relevant than others, and we'll spend more of our time on those players. We're going to skip Austin Eckler tonight. However, the three of us, Okada, myself, and John, have talked about Austin Eckler um, multiple times. John and I did a Dynasty Startup mock draft for the Patreon crew, and if you want access to that, patreon.com slash pod. We talked about Austin Eckler a lot, and then the previous episode, talking about Dynasty rankings, we talked about Austin Eckler. So, we are skipping him tonight. However, we all love him. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to focus on some other players. Fellas, let's start with the biggest name on this list, to me anyway, Amari Cooper. Now, the story has been inconsistency. The story has been up and down seasons unsure of the future in the NFL after a down year in Oakland. He gets traded to the Cowboys two seasons ago and absolutely explodes last year. Another fantastic season. Now as an unrestricted free agent, there is a possibility he's not back with Dallas, but I believe he is because Dak needs him and the Cowboys need him. Do you guys agree? Or can you see a scenario where he's potentially not in a Cowboys uniform in 2020? I can see a scenario where he's not in a Cowboys uniform. I will say that for sure. Um, they have some other guys they need to sign. Byron Jones, who is ex- one of the most talented cornerbacks in the league. I really think they should sign him. I don't know if they will. Um, but And obviously, they have to pay a certain other player that we'll get to in a second. Uh, uh, yes, he may or may not throw the ball to Amari Cooper. Yeah. Why don't we just um, talk about them as a as a unit then? Okay, All fair right, cool, point. Dak Prescott yeah. is also a free agent, <laughs> uh, and they're going to need to lock him up. And it certainly seems like he is more of a sure thing than Cooper. We've heard a lot of talk. Jerry Jones has talked uh, about wanting to, to lock him up and being close, and things are heating up and all that kind of stuff uh, with Dak Prescott. So, and the franchise quarterback gets priority. That's just the way that it works. Yeah. And he also gets a lot more money. Um, so I don't know if they'll have room for Cooper or not, depending on the price he's asking, which is probably top dollar. I imagine he wants to be a top five wide receiver as far as, uh, you know, salary. And they've got a really good guy in Michael Gallup who I think could be wide receiver one. So potentially they could move on. Should they? Probably not. He, I think he has the talent, and I think having Gallup on the other side is helpful so that when Cooper does disappear, which for some reason he's prone to do, they still have a very, very good receiver on the other side who can pick up the slack. So I think they probably will re-sign him, but I think there is a lot more doubt for him than there is for uh, several other players. And just from a fantasy perspective, I will say to your point, Bets, about the inconsistency. Last season, games, four with 100-plus yards, Five with 80 to 99, which is a nice little wide receiver one range. Seven with fewer than 50 yards. 
That is not what you want from your wide receiver one. Your wide receiver one should not be doing that. No. On that frequent of a basis. Right. So, and it, it's been a consistent enough thing with him over his career, despite great overall season numbers for his whole career, mm-hmm. that I feel like it's not necessarily something that's going to change. And now we've seen him for a year and a half with the Cowboys. We thought maybe that would change it. It's not. I don't know if he's going to be a locked wide receiver one for me from that standpoint, just because he doesn't give you the reliability that you really do want from that position on your fantasy team. Okada, do you remember last year when we talked with Jason Moore from the fantasy footballers about our food comps our food comparisons for players? I do remember this, but I don't remember Amari Cooper. Oh, baby. Amari Who Cooper was, was my drive-through cheeseburger. Oh no! On oh, the yes. surface, oh. it looks fantastic. It always looks beautiful, yep. perfectly stacked with the cheese and the you know the mm-hmm. onions and the picture the of what you're getting everything. compared to what you actually yep. get. Yep, you get to the oh, drive-through, you open the box, it's everywhere, and you never know what you're going to get with yep. Amari Cooper. And unfortunately, that's just the kind of the player he is. He's going to come at, into the season at the end of it as a wide receiver one. He just always is, but. You're drafting him with understanding of the consistency concerns, and I definitely agree with you on that. John, if it's not in Dallas, name a team for me here. I'm going to put you on the spot. Name a team for me that you would love to see Amari Cooper go. The Colts. I'd love to see him go there with an aging T.Y. Hilton uh, without a true number two option. I think that if he went there, Cooper across from T.Y. Hilton would be very interesting. Um that would be one gut reaction poll. Obviously, I think there's a lot of people that would like to see him in Philly. There's a lot of people that would like to see him in Green Bay. Um, I think the Colts would be very interesting if he's available in free agency, knowing that that's not a position that becomes as high of a need come NFL draft time. Because uh, they do have multiple holes that they need to fill. They need to address quarterback um they've got a lot of things that they need to take a look at kind of going back what's interesting to me about the dallas situation um obviously zeke held out and then ended up getting paid and he got a really really fat contract for a running back when they knew that they were gonna have dak and amari cooper coming down the pipeline if and here's the thing we've been talking about Dak's contract situation in Dallas for what 16 18 months now it's been ongoing for a long yep. time nothing's really seemingly progressing there i think i just heard a report that they haven't talked about his contract since early last season nothing's happening right now with that contract and the franchise tag deadline is march 10th it's february 18th that is 3 weeks away that's scary to me. So I, I think the only way, hypothetically, the only way that I see Dak and Amari Cooper both being in Dallas next season is if they tag Dak and then give Amari Cooper the contract. That's the only way that I see the two of them ending up in Dallas. Otherwise, Jerry Jones maybe finally caves. He turned down, what, 33 mil? I think is what uh, Dak turned down already from them. He wants forty million per year. Um, that's yeah, that's that. that's big numbers. Um, if Jerry finally goes, okay, you know what? Yes, you've shown it. You're a winner. You deserve it. We're gonna give you the contract. Maybe it's not forty. Maybe it's thirty-eight. Um, then I don't see how Amari Cooper is still 
on the team next year. I think you're either choosing to tag Dak and sign Amari Cooper, or you're rewarding Dak, which in my opinion he deserves, and then letting Amari Cooper walk in in free agency. Do you think he deserves 40? I think that an NFL team's success is predicated on having a quarterback. That is one of the most That's important... That's a cop-out answer, John. Answer the man. <laughs> yes, I think he deserves 40. Ooh, let's let's just wow. go there. I think that he's wow, deserving wow. 37 to 40 mil per year. He's a winner. He continues to progress. He shows you everything that you want other than postseason success. So maybe that's something that, that Jerry can kind of fall back on and, and get that number down a little bit. But I think when you've got a young quarterback that's shown the ability to win in the NFL, you pay him. You you keep your quarterback. You build around the quarterback. You have a strong offensive line. Keep him. Let Amari Cooper go. Save the whatever, I don't know, 20 mil probably that Cooper is going to be looking for. Um, 18 maybe. Save that money on the Amari Cooper side of things. Invest that into your defense. Maybe draft a young up-and-coming wide receiver to to fill in back there. If you're going to slide Gallup over to wide receiver one, which I have my questions about that, but if you're going to slide Gallup to your wide receiver one, maybe invest a third or fourth round pick in another wide receiver to come in and, and challenge for that second spot on the roster, I think you pay your quarterback. And that's what NFL teams do when they want long-term success. Yeah, and not even if it's about success or long-term or short-term. Like, Jerry pays his guys. He'll find a way to get Dak paid. Uh, I 100% believe that, and I think he finds a way to get Amari Cooper there in-house, too. But we'll find out. Um, It's definitely an intriguing situation because, you know, without one, it's hard to to project the other because of what we've seen in the last two seasons. So we'll see what happens. Let's move on to our next pairing here. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans. Two unrestricted free agents. They have two huge names in fantasy. We are talking Derrick Henry and Okada's boy, Ryan Tannehill. Now, let's start with Derrick mm. Henry because what he did last year was absurd, yeah. was insane, was amazing, uh, some would say. And, you know, it's it, it came at the right time in a contract year for Derrick Henry. But he has come out and has said he wants uh, Zeke money. He wants Todd Gurley money or even more. Fellas, does does he get it? Because I have huge concerns that he does not. Oh, boy. Yes, I think he gets it. I do, too. Um, of all the guys on this list and that we've talked about, and I know running backs don't matter and the quarterback is the most important position in fantasy and all that, but he made a bigger difference to his team than anybody else last season, I feel like. Uh, you know, there's some arguments to be made that if the MVP wasn't a quarterback competition, that Derrick Henry should have been in the conversation. Because he absolutely put the team on his back. And, listen, he has. did he have a very, very good offensive line? Yes. Did he have a very, very good scheme? Yes. Did the play action and the, the sudden burst of Tannehill onto the scene really open up that offense and make it even harder to stop him? Yes. But did he also look like one of the best running backs in the league the majority of the times he touched the ball? Yes. He is very good at running the football, and his skills are amplified by the system that he's in. So it makes the most sense for them to try to keep him there. Now, is it going to cost a lot? 
probably it's probably going to cost more than just about anybody else's paying running backs maybe outside of the cowboys um and it's not going to be great to sink that much money into a running back but i think for what they want to do for where he is in his career it makes sense for them to do it and they probably will do it and i don't necessarily hate it john your thoughts i have a lot um so tennessee they are middle of the road in cap space um they've got just shy of 48 million uh in cap space this year which puts them as 16th right in the middle um zeke's salary his average annual is at 15 mil per year so they would be putting quite a big hit into their cap space in order to pay him um, I agree with you. I mean, they predicated their entire offense, Okada, on Derrick Henry down the stretch. I mean, really, the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans both did not ask their quarterbacks to do anything in the playoffs. They were just going to turn around, run the ball, and play defense. It was like a game script out of the mid-70s. It was beautiful. I love it as a running back guy. Um... If they are going to pay Derrick Henry, one, it's going to cost a lot. But two, part of my concern is that Ezekiel Elliott, when he was commanding his salary, he was also basically the team's wide receiver too. Derrick Henry doesn't offer that to his team. So you're looking at paying for a running back one and a wide receiver two in one salary, which is what they were giving to Zeke. Derrick Henry, who I love. I am a massive Derrick Henry fan. Uh, Go check my Twitter. There are plenty of receipts for me hyping that dude up and me being a big time fantasy lover of Derrick Henry. Um, But he does. Was that after the first playoff game or the second? Uh, Let's (laughs) see. I think it was last year, actually, is when I really got on. (laughs) Oh, Um, I've always been a big Henry truther. I love that style. I love that he just pounds defenses into submissions and takes over in the second half. I absolutely love it. Um, but yes, this playoff, uh, run, I definitely got me some, some Derrick Henry juice going. Um, (laughs) he basically is good for like maybe three targets a game, like maybe, and they're all screens. Like that's, that's all it's going to be. Now, granted, when he does get going in the screen game, it's virtually unstoppable and they should run about eight of them per game. Because you're giving a 240-pound running back the ball in space with blockers pulling out in front. Why are you not doing that more? I digress. But the contract situation, (laughs) I think it's hard to justify paying him Zeke money when he does not bring as much to the table like a variety of ways that Ezekiel Elliott does. I still think that Tennessee probably does it. Um they're going to sink most of their cap space into him and Ryan Tannehill and not leave them much else to go with is kind of what it looks like to me. Now, Betts, as the resident Derrick Henry hater, Forward. I am curious. Ah, thank you. Mm, mm. How converted are you? Maybe that's my question. You're going to find out when the rankings come out for a draft season. Ooh. Ooh. Love it. Oh, boy. That's good stuff. Uh, I mean, listen. I I opened up with some conversation about how he excelled in a system that was really, you know, set up to help him excel. But then I happened to pull up some of my notes and he led the NFL in yards after contact. 4.2 yards per carry 
after contact. That is disgusting. That is a good yards per carry yes. average. Forget the after contact. The next best in the league was Nick Chubb, and he was down at 3.8, and everyone else is down there in that 3.6, 3.8 range that was decent last year. You talk about, you know, he doesn't bring anything to the passing game. It's pretty true. But it's also true that when you can get seven yards almost without blinking, it counts as a reception. He is disgusting. So, and I think that they learned last year what they can do with yes. him, too. Like, the first year, first couple of years he was in the league, they had him behind DeMarco Murray, and we didn't really see much. And then he had a great end of the season two years ago that, that said, oh, apparently we have one of the best running backs in football. Maybe we should try to flesh that out. And last year we really saw that come to its fruition. And I think that maybe they've learned from what you hit on, John, how effective those screens are. They seem like a team who's going to learn from what yep. succeeded. And I think that they will continue to do that with Derrick Henry. So I think he might get paid and I think it might work out. Fantasy. I think so too. What I love is that I mean, even, hey, in, if even in PPR, Derrick Henry was still a top six running back. Um, yeah, yeah. Even in PPR, where you're trying to reward these running backs for getting 60 catches a year, he had like, I don't know, 20 something, and he's still 18. 18? Jeez, worse than I thought. Still a like top yep. six PPR running back, maybe even top five. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But um, yeah, I think that their offense is completely predicated around that game. I think that he's going to get paid. I think if for nothing else, the Titans have not had success like at all in what 15 years like since they were relevant they finally had a great run of a year you finally have an energized fan base you have a fan base that loves what he brings to the table and what that offense looks like i think that has to be taken into consideration when thinking about him getting paid yeah that's a great point i mean with derrick henry it's not even the fact that we can debate his effectiveness like okada was saying the advanced analytics and you kind of look at the way he was used, I mean, you can't argue it. Those are the facts. That's reality. My only concern is if he ends up with a team that isn't Tennessee, that doesn't follow the same blueprint that Tennessee did last year, then I think we could see some fall off with him. Now, does that mean he's a bad running back? No, but he needs legitimately 25 touches a game, like John was saying, to wear out a defense, um, you know, excel in the second half, etc. And that's how they used him. And it was brilliant because no one was really ready for that. Um, because they just hadn't done it before. And that was a real knock on Derrick Henry was that they didn't use him the right way. So if he's back with Tennessee, man, I mean, I'm with you guys. Like, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be repeatable. We're going to see what they did last year, and they're going to try to lean on him again, which obviously for fantasy was gold. Before we move on, if it's not Tennessee, Seattle for Derrick Henry. Ooh. Seattle's you think that's a legit oh, possibility. Boy. It's Here's a the thing. real if he goes chance. To Seattle, we can't let Russ no, cook. No, you can't. Yeah, and I'm here for Team Russ. I am cook. too. Yes, I am absolutely cook. Team Russ Cook. But I'm also understanding that Pete Carroll is at the helm, and he would run the ball 60 percent of the plays if he had a chance. And they have a massive amount yeah. of cap space coming off of two injured running backs, where they had to sign Marshawn Lynch off the tequila cart for the playoffs. I wouldn't put Legend. it past him. I, oh, yeah, Marshawn absolutely is. But uh, Derrick Henry going to Seattle would be probably the only other situation where I could see him maintaining the same value that he has in Tennessee. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And that would be, man, his I'd buy the jersey. ADP would skyrocket. Ooh. Yeah, I'd buy that, that jersey so fast. For sure. <clears throat> Let's move on to a another wide receiver here. Let's talk about a veteran, a guy who did not play a single 
snap last season because mm. of injury. That is AJ Green. And Okada, I'm going to go right to you for this one because I read an article on The Athletic yesterday about the Patriots probably taking a shot on AJ Green to pair him with Tom Brady coming back. Now, we're not going to talk about Tom Brady tonight. There's a very, 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 very good chance he is back with New England. So let's just assume that happens. What are your thoughts on A.J. Green with New England as a fit? I mean, first of all, my my first reaction is to throw it right back to you, Betts, because obviously the number one thing to address here is the injury situation, but I won't do that because that would be lame. So I'll answer first and then throw it back to you. All right, fair enough. I am here for it. Listen, <laughs> get this man a wide receiver who can dominate. He has not had that since Randy Moss. This would be that. AJ Green, from a talent perspective, is as good as just about anybody in the league if he's healthy, if he can play 16. Now, is that a bit going to be a big risk if the Patriots want to do that? Yes. However, it's possible that they could get a decent discount on him because of that. The amount of games he's missed over the last couple seasons, he's a guy who could garner, you know, upwards of $15 million in free agency. But because of this, maybe it's less. Maybe it's close to half that. I don't know necessarily what he'll garner. I would guess it's going to be less. I would guess you can grab him for maybe yeah, 10. Nine. Uh, and nine. Uh, yeah. Nine? Yeah. Yeah. Nine or 10. And to get AJ Green, even to get. 12 games of AJ Green for nine or $10 million. I'm 100% on board for that. So, but bets, it all comes down to health. So I'm going to throw it back to you now. What can we expect? Yeah, for sure. And that really is the question. Like, it's not a matter of, is this dude too old or, you know, is he flaming out in the league? You even look at the years when he's played with major injury and in the games and he's on the field, he is just as productive as he's always been. So he's still AJ Green. And there's been some concerns I've read that I don't agree with that he basically saying he sat out because he knew he was going to be a free agent. And I'm sure that was part of the reason. But you watch his pregame workouts. I mean, he was still favoring his ankle um, late into the year and, and doing jumping tests where he was still kind of pushing off the other foot. You know, so he was definitely injured all year. Don't get me wrong. And a pretty serious injury. Let's not forget last uh, last week of July was when his high ankle sprain happened. He ended up having to have a scope on the ankle shortly after, which usually suggests some sort of damage or injury inside the joint. And for the ankle, which is obviously a major weight-bearing joint, if you have a cartilage injury, those take forever to heal. So if you're telling me that AJ Green now has literally over a year to get back on the field, get healthy, get right, I mean, this dude, you hear people talk about him, his work ethic is second to none. So... I think we can see good things from Adrian Green here this year, and I think he's going to be a value in fantasy, and I think he'll be a value in free agency. All right, fellas. Hopefully that happens. We'll see. We'll see AJ yes. Green uh, potentially with Tom Brady. Now, John, if he doesn't go to New England, and there's a possibility that it's, it's not that. I mean, we're talking about this as if it's going to happen, but of course that's not a, a lock. Wide receiver needy teams out there. You already mentioned the Colts potentially for – Amari Cooper, um, any other teams that come to mind that need a wide receiver that you think A.J. Green could be a good fit for? Okada, you can feel free to jump into it. If, if, yeah. You know, if John can't. Oh, stop it. Um, there's definitely a lot <laughs> of teams that are wide receiver needy. Um, now, 
because he's a free agent, it means that he kind of has a say in the deal, right? It, it depends on where he kind of wants to go. And depending on how much teams are willing to pay him, he might be looking to take less money to go to a contender because he doesn't have a ring. That could... Yeah, yeah, I know. I hate them. Stop. Um, <laughs> I, okay, okay. I got to. I got to touch on the Patriots thing. I hate it. I hate it so much. And part of the reason I hate it is one, he's going to cost a little bit of money. Two, Tom Brady is going to eat up almost all of their salary cap based on the the offers that he's going to get from around the league and what they're going to have to match. But then he's going to be mad at them for not supplying him with talent. So they're going to go out and get a 31 year old AJ Green coming off of injury with a quarterback that was like 27th in the league in yards per attempt or something like that it makes no sense to me I don't like it um I would rather see him go to a younger team with a quarterback that can actually sling it and have a chance I'd rather see him in Philly than see him in New England I'd rather see him as an outside option for Wentz than see him with 40 however old Tom Brady is throwing it five yards down the field per attempt. So, yeah. 40-25. Yeah, however old he is. I'd rather see him go to a Carson Wentz that can throw it. Um, if the Browns move on from OJB in a trade, maybe that's an option. They go out and they sign an aging... OBJ. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. If they move on from... O- I was like, who are you talking sorry. about? Sorry. <laughs> if they move on from OBJ, if ODB. they trade him... Which there's some rumors out there that they're looking to do potentially. AJ Green may be coming into to Cleveland as an outside option for a new coaching staff with young Baker Mayfield might be interesting as well. But I think there's a number of options that I'd rather see him than going to the Patriots last hurrah before Tom Brady rides off into the sunset and Belichick takes over as the head coach of like the Jets. I don't know. I'd rather see that would yeah, be wouldn't irony. it? I could see it happening, though. Um, but, yeah, I'd rather see Green in a couple of those situations with a younger quarterback than, than going to Tom Brady. Yeah, it's um, an interesting situation for sure. Yeah, I will say from a standpoint of teams that I'm looking to send the one of these type guys to, there's two teams that stand out to me. One is the Bills and one is the 49ers. Oh, the yeah. I think that the Bills would be really interesting for him because Josh Allen we know yeah. can sling it. But the receivers that he had last year are completely incapable of making contested catches, giving him a big catch radius, being a red zone threat. They are deep guys, they are speed guys, and they are Cole Beasley, which is opposite <laughs> yeah. of both those things, but does his own little niche. Uh, but Josh Allen, not the most accurate no. quarterback. Uh, so what he needs is a guy with a nice big wingspan who can go up and get the ball I think AJ Green would fit that bill and they could have a big step up in their passing game to go with a run game and a defense and actually be a pretty strong contender. And then the, the other side for me is the 49ers. Emmanuel Sanders could be gone. I don't know if he's on our list, but uh, he he is a free yep. agent as well. Um, they've got Debo Samuel, nice yep. young guy, uh, but I think they need a complimentary piece on the other side to give them a little bit of a passing game. I think that that is a large reason they lost the Super Bowl is they did not have a guy who could dominate uh, a potentially suspect secondary. Uh, although, to be fair, the Chiefs did improve quite a bit. Yeah, um, they but if they, in the secondary. yeah, they they really did get uh, good on them. Yeah. By the way, for that. But uh, 
if they had a guy like A.J. Green to balance out the offense a little bit, I think it could have made a vast difference in the way that Super Bowl turned out. So I think they may look towards either the draft or free agency to get a number of true number one. Um, and then have Debo as a really good two things two. to say real quick yeah. on that. I love the bills. I think I'm so convinced in my mind that they're drafting T Higgins that I completely forgot about any sort yeah, of free agent fit. Like it lot. just does. It fits so well for the exact same reasons, but 10 years younger. Um, I yep. also think, which makes sense because they they're are. a young team. So that, that's certainly a totally makes sense. Point. Maybe, uh, AJ green could be a bridge situation for the giants as well. Uh, trying to give Daniel Jones some options on the outside, outside Darius Slayton. So, yeah, I like the Bills for that, but I'm just so convinced in my mind they're going T. Higgins that I didn't even think about free agency. Yeah, we will see. And, of course, free agency is going to shake up what happens in the draft. So lots to talk about here uh, moving forward over the next several weeks, several months. But before we get on to that, we still have more to talk about tonight, fellas. And I want to talk about some tight ends, some young up-and-coming tight ends. Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry, you could say, are entering their prime. I mean, still young. Uh, we know tight ends generally peak later in the in their 20s versus running backs where it's like 23, 24. Um, let's start with, with Hunter Henry. Of course, the Chargers, you know, are known for using their tight ends, and it's mostly because Phillip Rivers used Antonio Gates for years and years and years, and then Hunter Henry burst on the seams eight touchdowns as a rookie, and has been great when he's on the field, but of course has missed time because of an ACL injury, uh, a bone bruise in his knee, etc. Now, let's start with him. I could easily see a scenario where he lands with the Patriots. Yep. I don't know if you guys have heard that or oh. have seen that, but he's the type of player that they need. I mean, you look at what they lost with Gronk. They could not fill it with Matt Lacoste. I mean, their tight end play last year was abysmal, almost non-existent, and he just seems like a perfect fit. Okada, would you like that for your Patriots? And is that a scenario where you could see it actually happening? Uh, I would like that. I, I, I'm going to be hard-pressed to not like you naming yeah. any of these elite offensive weapons <laughs> and trying to send them to my Patriots. Fine, you can have Kendrick uh, Bourne. There you go. Perfect. Uh, listen, I would take Kendrick Bourne, to be honest. But here's he the thing. He actually was solid <laughs> he in the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he's, he's decent for what he does. Um, but you've now named another guy who might have an injury discount. We talked about A.J. Green. Maybe we can get an injury discount plus a vet discount. That's nice. And we're going to need discounts because of what John brought up about Tom Brady and his salary cap if we can get him back, which I hope is the case. Hunter Henry is another guy that potentially we could get for cheaper, uh, or any team could get for cheaper than he's actually worth because of that injury history, missing uh, something like a third of his career potential career games uh, with a bevy of injuries, and it's been really rough. But almost every time we've seen him on the field, he's been extremely productive, extremely talented player, uh, and he could bring a wide receiver-like uh, production to the tight end position if he gets on a team that uses him. And to be fair, the Chargers threw the ball a lot, but they also have two elite wide receivers. Well, ah! one super elite wide receiver, one Thank Mike you. Williams, who some Thank of you. us would say has elite talent and was poorly used by the terrible arm of Philip Rivers. But if he goes to New England or a similar situation where there's not those kind of guys on the outside, you've got a Julian Edelman and that's it. And Julian Edelman does, is not going to necessarily do the same kind of things as Hunter Henry does, especially catch touchdowns. So that's the kind of place where Hunter Henry could go and massively increase the red zone productivity of a team. And that's going to be a very crucial thing for the Patriots or any offense Obviously, you need to score touchdowns to win games. So, yes, I like it. Yes, it could happen. I 
it really depends on how much Brady takes. I know we said we wouldn't talk about Brady, but that is yep. such a big piece of the free agency situation this offseason. And let's be honest, he's done a lot of taking less money oh, than yeah. he deserved for a long time. His wife makes a lot of money. Maybe he'll take less than he would get elsewhere because he wants to win another Super Bowl. I don't know. Personally, I think he would much rather win a a seventh Super Bowl and go out on that than make ten million extra dollars uh, playing in Los Angeles. No, so. that's not happening. Let's let's you know we're running a little bit late on time. Let's let's talk about Austin Hooper a little bit. Um, you know, fantasy's tight end one through the first half of the year prior to going down with an injury. Um, of course, MCL injury, and, and those heal really well. So from a, an injury standpoint, I'm not concerned about Austin Hooper. He's going to be totally fine this offseason, totally fine for next year. But we just talked about the Patriots being a potential landing spot. Are, are there any other teams that you guys know of off the top of your head where a tight end could be useful, especially a guy like Austin Hooper who's just entering his prime? Uh, I would go Packers, um, who I think are really likely to cut Jimmy Graham. Um, I don't think that he's back for another year. I think they've, yeah, they've already agreed, right? To move yeah, on. I think so. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. that becomes a pretty good option. Um, now it comes down to how much Aaron Rodgers likes and values a tight end target, which his Jared Cook experiment was probably like the best one that we've seen in the last eight years with Aaron Rodgers. So. They, uh- Tight ends, it seems to, or Green Bay seems to be where tight ends I know, die, I know, so which kind of makes me go, I don't rough. know that I love it, but I can see them doing it because outside of Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, they have no other pass catching options in Green Bay. So if maybe you have a new coach, you know, there that's willing to use a tight end differently than, um, than previous. You know, he is a tight end that can line up in multiple positions and line up in a slot. Can also contribute in the run blocking game fairly decently. Um, that might be an interesting fit. So maybe it becomes a, a new scheme, new rebirth for a, a tight end that's young and dynamic. I could see that being an option. I think the number one kind of place that I want to send a tight end like this, or even Hunter Henry, besides Patriots, obviously is somewhere with a young quarterback who needs a reliable, big target in a tight end. We've talked about how that kind of synergy can work. Um, So I'd like to see him go to maybe somewhere like the Redskins, potentially, to help Dwayne. When I say like, I mean for the team's choices. For fantasy, I don't want to see that. But the Redskins, I think, could be interesting. The Cardinals is one that I would like for the team and yep. for fantasy. So that's probably my number one pick. I think that would be a really nice situation for him out in the air raid of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And I think it would be good for Kyler as well. They don't have a tight end really worth its salt. Um, so that could be mutually beneficial for everyone. Yeah. When you said young quarterback that needs a tight end, I immediately thought of your boy, Kyler Murray. So that would be amazing. <laughs> And as we talked about with Ray Garvin of Dynasty League Football, potentially CeeDee Lamb out there. We'll Whoa. see. Uh, that would be a deal. I don't think I don't that think actually happens. happens. I'll just say that. That is some spice. But a kid can dream, okay? That would be amazing. Um, let's let's kick it over to one more big name free agent. Guys, it's Melvin Gordon. I mean, Austin Eckler's our boy. Melvin Gordon is a good running back. I don't think he's great, to be honest with you. For Ooh. fantasy, he's amazing. But when you look at the advanced analytics... They just aren't there with Melvin Gordon. And he's a guy who's publicly come out and said, 
you know, I I agree with what Le'Veon Bell did a couple of years ago. If that was me, I would hold out too. And we saw that last year. He held out. Obviously, it took a little bit of time for him to get back up to, to football speed and really get into the swing of, you know, the offense again. But at this stage in his career, where's Melvin Gordon going to go? John, what Houston. do you think? I think that I, I could see absolutely that. see could Houston, see who had a hodgepodge combination of, uh, what, Los Hyde and no one else at running back to support uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I could absolutely see them going out and signing Melvin Gordon to, even if it's a shorter contract, two, maybe three years, um, or, or two years with a third-year you know team option. Um, I could absolutely see them trying to invest in a run game to take a little bit of the heat off Deshaun Watson so that defenders are not just going, we're going to put two defensive ends out there that are going to rush straight to the quarterback every single time, make them actually respect a run game and, and loosen some things up there for him. Uh, I don't hate it. Um, they are pretty high in the cap space sure. ranks, but I did quickly pull up cap space just in general because I think you're going to need a lot of it <laughs> to sign Melvin Gordon. Um, and the first and fourth teams on the list are the Dolphins and Buccaneers. I think both of those teams could be potential landing spots for Melvin Gordon. The Dolphins have diddly squat, uh, at the running back position, and they're probably going to draft a rookie quarterback this year, maybe Tua, uh, who it would certainly be useful to have a talented running back. Well, we can argue about his talent, but a productive running back from what we've seen and a guy who can handle a lot of carries potentially and... Uh, take a load off of the quarterback. And then the Buccaneers is kind of the, uh, you know, sweet spot that we, uh, almost everyone in the fantasy industry talks about when we start bringing up running backs because it's also a hot mess there. Uh, Peyton Barber is meh. Uh, Ronald Jones is trash. And they re- the rest of the offense is su- extremely productive. And you know what? If they're going to re-sign Jameis Winston, which we did not talk about here, Maybe, just maybe, I'm just throwing this out there as a hypothetical. Maybe it would help him throw less picks if he wasn't the entire offense and there was no running back putting any fear into the opposing defense. Question for you all. I mean, he got he got the LASIK surgery, so I think we're good. Facts. <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if hypothetically speaking, both Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon go to Tampa Ooh. and team up again? Mm. In the same backfield. They have the cap space. There's been rumors about Philip Rivers to Tampa with his family moving there. That would be super interesting to see just the two of them slide over and keep that tandem going. Yeah, there certainly have been. I got to say, just from a uh, Matt Okada playing GM standpoint, the Buccaneers were idiots to sign Philip Rivers. He's the same thing as Jameis Winston, but 10 years older. Uh, They're not in a place to win a championship right now. I see no reason for them to do that. But it could certainly yeah. happen. Yeah. And, yeah, I just want to be honest and, and put this out there. I don't think Melvin Gordon is bad by any means. I'm not saying his <laughs> okay. talent is out there. Good He's a know. very good, good running know. back. But it, for him to command the money that Zeke has gotten, I, I don't – I mean, that's not going to happen. So that's that's where I'm coming from with that. Um, you know, definitely a good player uh, for sure in this league and, and a very productive running back. Go ahead, Okada. Does he have a chronic and unhealable knee problem that will always be an issue and limit his carries and flare up constantly? Not necessarily, which is kind of ironic to say because he actually had microfracture surgery several years ago, which usually has a short 
window of effectiveness, like three to five years. And he's after five years at this point. So, uh, you know, it's not that it's a ticking time bomb, but if you're telling me that he's going to get 300 carries for three more years, I would say, eh, I don't know about that. And, and I would be more likely to say that won't happen than it will. But as far as the previous like MCL injuries, that's not a correlation. And, and really we can't predict that moving forward. So I would say volume is a concern for Melvin Gordon, but give him, you know, 200 carries and 50 receptions, he's going to do damage with them in in an offense. So um, kind of both sides of the coin. Yes, but no, to answer your question. Mm. We got time okay. for one more player, fellas. And this guy is one that I am actually really, really excited to get your take on because we forgot about him. We didn't really want him in fantasy. He played for Adam yes. Gase. He was a Dolphin. And then all of a sudden he gets traded to the Cardinals and is an RB1. We are talking Kenyon Drake, who absolutely Ooh. exploded onto the scene in the second half of the year last year for fantasy football. Fellas, my wish for Kenyon Drake is that he stays in Arizona. Do you guys agree or do you hope he goes somewhere else? Um, I like it. I think he ended up being a pretty good fit for them. Um, he can certainly catch passes out of the backfield. He's very explosive. Um, and we saw that quite a bit. So I think that I think he can be productive there. I, I He's been a good running back, I think, for his entire career. I don't oh, remember yeah. if I, we ever argued about this, but I think he's always been very talented and has just been smothered by arguably the worst coach in football for quite a long time, not counting the Browns. I feel like the Browns are not counted <laughs> in any of these things because they're like automatically the worst. Um but yeah, he he's very good. He's very talented and very explosive. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a lock RB1 if he's there in Arizona. I think that last year was it was impressive, but not something I'm necessarily going to expect or rely on. I might be a little bit hesitant going into next year uh, if he's there. I would maybe rather him go to a little bit more established system where I know he's going to be the guy and I can rely on him. I does anyone know what what is happening with David Johnson? No. Because I don't. I have no idea. That is a baffling situation. Um, I don't know what to expect. So that that is a big question mark that potentially has to get answered. Uh, but if Kenny Drake is back and and we hear we're, we're hearing reports that he's going to be the guy again, I will certainly be interested in fantasy. John, let's let's. Let's talk about that scenario. Like, if if he is the guy yeah. in Arizona, and they come out and say he's our RB one, and they draft someone in like the sixth round, and they still have like Chase Edmonds on the roster, like, and there's no one that really is scary from a uh, draft capital perspective or free agency. I mean, let's play around with this from a, a redraft sure. perspective. Let's set the over under at running back eight. Oof. Would you take him over that, meaning like nine, ten, eleven, or under that higher? He than is him? not gonna be a top eight running I would not let me rephrase I would not draft him as a top eight running back I think that Kenyon Drake absolutely has RB1 upside I think that's completely realistic and if I'm looking at an RB2 that I can draft with the upside of an RB1 Kenyon Drake is a great target at around that RB14 to 16 mark I, I think that he's someone that you can absolutely target there like your your chances of having an RB2, but you kind of go back to the whole like draft theory, right? Like there is this whole thing that happened last year where everyone was going, James White is a great draft target 
because you know what he's going to give you. He's going to be consistent. It's going to be safe. But did James White win you any leagues? He wasn't a guy that was going to give you the no. upside of potentially someone that could break out and, and give you a second RB1 on your team. You know what I mean? If you're looking for that upside in a draft, which I think you should be, you should be looking for an RB2 that has a safe floor, but also has the upside of being a league winner. I think Kenyon Drake could be that if he comes back as being the guy in Arizona. I need to see them upgrade their offensive line. Please, Steve Wilkes, please help your run game and help Kyler Murray by getting a better offensive line. But I think that Kenyon Drake is a guy, RB 14 to 16 on the draft board, that gives you potential 8 to 12 value. Yeah, and you know, as fantasy, I'm not even going to say analysts or experts, but just as people who rank for fantasy and who study the game a lot, I'm going to aggressively rank Kenyon Drake because part of those competitions are trying to be accurate with your rankings. And last year, the, the Arizona Cardinals running backs as a whole if you were to put them as one player, RB3 on the season, and I'm not saying that's going to happen because, of course, other players take touches, etc. But Kyler Murray, the way he opens up the offense, his mobility, his rushing, the way they spread you out and run four wide or three wide and kind of scheme it to the to the point that, yeah, their offensive line was not good, but it didn't right. matter for the running backs because of the way they use them. So I agree. If they upgrade the offensive line and they keep the same system, which mm-hmm. they will because it's Cliff Kingsbury's second year, I mean, Kenyon Drake, I will rank yep. aggressively. I think he will be an RB1 if things stay the same. Of course, things could change. But, yeah, if you're telling me it happens all over again this year, then, yeah, I'm in on Kenyon Drake. And the, the best part about it is, like you said, John, you don't have to draft right. him that way, and that's the perfect way to go about yep. doing it. So uh, I'm definitely in on that scenario. All right, fellas, that is a wrap on tonight's episode Woo! of Free Agency Preview. And there's still so many more guys we didn't so even talk many. about. We might have to do a we second might. show. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, with the NFL draft approaching, with the NFL combine approaching, we will probably focus on some rookie content here coming up. John's next running back scouting profile comes out uh, on Thursday. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on Tuesday nights. So if you are listening after the fact, check that out on the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Okada, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, It's right. Right there. (laughs) At Matt Okada. If you're listening on Okada is pointing at his screen. John, where can the people find uh, you? Same thing, roughly right there. Uh, at JCW Helmcamp. Uh, come have some fun with me on Twitter. Let's talk. Let's talk trades. Let's talk dynasty. Let's talk all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone can find me at the Fantasy PT. The show account is at Redshirts FF Pod. That is a wrap for tonight. Fellas, until next time. Grab the red shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Red Shirts FF Pod and check out our website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com.